With coronavirus cases continuing to spike in this country, jurisdictions face choices of which tools to use to slow the spread of COVID-19. And one of those potential tools is one that everyday Canadians could just set and forget, a smartphone contact tracing app that runs in the background. But the decision of which app to use has nearly a quarter of the country unable to unlock the power that's in the devices we use every day. I'm Adam Toy. And I'm Dave McIver. And this is why. If you live in Alberta and BC, you can already still download the app for free yourself and put it on your phone. And there's two reasons to do that right now as we go through this second wave. First reason is I'm still hopeful that the local health systems will put together a system where they can give you that one one time code, which will allow diagnoses in those provinces to be plugged into the system to alert people. But secondly, from the minute you download that app, it starts to work in tracing your contacts with people who also have the app. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau talking about COVID alert. BC's Dr. Bonnie Henry wants an app that will track place and time, but keep that record for shorter. Alberta's government came up with their own solution. Meet Ziad Fazel. I'm a project manager with an engineering background, and I've done project management of hardware, software, and integrated hardware software projects. Living in Calgary, Fazel used his background to look into both AB Trace together and COVID alert. I saw what was happening in October which is that technical excuses um, were being made or, you know, technical issues are being attributed to the federal government for the committed um, migration of Albertans to the federal app. And um, I went at it forcing myself to keep an open mind rather than having an opinion based on political knowledge. Um, And I said, okay, uh, the health minister is saying that he would like to transition all of Alberta's users over to the federal government. And he's trying to have a minimum amount of bleed. Um, At that time, it was in 247,000 users. So it was, I want to have the least amount of bleed of Alberta's 247K users over to the federal app. And this is where I said, well, let me look at this. Where does a contact tracing app fit when trying to stop the spread of the novel coronavirus? Now hold out one hand and count along with Fazel. I'll put these two apps in context of infection control. Mm-hmm. We just had Thanksgiving where little kids are drawing stuff, uh, their hands on a piece of paper, right? So look at your left hand. On your thumb, you've got you got exposed, and now you're contagious. Uh, hopefully, and so you start spreading here, and you don't even know it. On your index finger is you start showing symptoms. And hopefully at this point, you start to isolate. You, you start going, is this a cold or is this something more serious? And you start to isolate. On your middle finger is that you get your test. So your symptoms have been serious enough, you're going, I gotta get tested, you get your test. On your ring finger is you get your test result back. So this is the worst day in your life. So this is when you're scrambling to go, what do I do about my job, my family, who's there to look after me if I get sicker and have to go to ICU? And on on your pinky is contact tracing. And that's the one where in places like Alberta, they're so buried, they can barely get to it. So if you look at your left hand, from your from the time of your, your thumb, you're already infectious. And you're not really isolating till somewhere between your first and second fingers. And there's a couple of days between this. So by the time you get to contact tracing on your pinky, 
there may have been 10 days from the time you were infected. So that's 10 days of people getting infected. And typically the models are saying each day you're exposing about three people. Um, and this is where the RT of 1.2 comes from is 1.2 of those people you contact every day are roughly getting infected. So we go back a finger in the chain, we go to the ring finger and we go to when you get your positive test, the worst day of your life and you're scrambling to, put, to pull it together. So this is where the federal app COVID alert comes in very handy because when you get your contact, when you get your positive test, the provincial health authority, um, usually a nurse who calls you about this says, are you using the COVID alert national app, Canadian app? Can we get you to upload your contact? Sorry, not upload your contact log. That's the key difference with Alberta. I'm gonna give you a code. So the nurse tells you, here's your positive test. I'm gonna give you a code. I want you to put it into COVID alert on your phone. And I want you to spread the word to everybody you've exposed over the last two weeks that they've been exposed. And this is days ahead of the contact tracing. Enter Alberta's solution. So Alberta developed and released in May, Alberta Trace Together, which is supposed to be a helper to the contact tracers, the four people at AHS who are buried right now with a thousand positive tests to trace a day. And the principle of it is good, which is that we also want to have an app that you just keep in your pocket and you don't have to ask people for their phone numbers. And you don't have to remember, oh, where was I on Saturday night and who do I talk? To? Who did I talk to? And did I get their number? Part of the contact tracing is you going through your phone and looking at photos and going, oh, I was here at this time. I took a selfie with this person at this time. You have to go through your receipts. Uh, what did I buy where? You know, you have to look at your work schedule or when it is you rode the bus or when it is you drove your car. It's painstaking, laborious work. And it takes a lot of training to be able to follow that up and to sensitively tell, tell a person, tell me exactly where you've been and who you've been with for the last two weeks, especially the last 48 hours, because I need to contact them and get them in isolation. So the principle of it is good, which is let's help the contact tracers with a log from your phone that took no effort to create. You didn't have to make a log book of saying, I met Adam at 2 p.m. and his phone number is this. And it's anonymous. So if I test positive, I don't have to go, oh God, I got to call Adam and tell him I tested positive, right? Or a nurse is going to have to call Adam and tell him she was exposed to a positive. In theory, it looks good. Uh, and you could do that in conjunction with the exposure notification. So right from the time you get your positive test, you get notified by the usually a nurse who's telling you about your positive test. The nurse gives you a code to put into your phone and everybody gets notified instantly anonymously, whether it's one case or a thousand cases. But that instant notification isn't what happens in Alberta. In that province, a public health worker calls a person who tests positive, asking them if they use the provincial app. If they do use the app, the person has to send all the info the app has collected in the past couple of weeks to Alberta Health for the contact tracer to do their tracing. Except since early November, the onus to trace your contacts in Alberta if you catch the coronavirus falls on you. And without proper contact tracing, more and more cases in the province are falling into the unknown category of where and how COVID-19 was transmitted. And since the app's release in early May, its adoption across the province has been, well, slow. So the Alberta Trace Together, Alberta app's adoption is stuck just under 6%. I think now it's reached 6% finally which is not enough for a contact tracing app. You're not capturing enough of the population 
in order to um, control an epidemic. Mm -hmm. The federal app has been coming along very fast and it's now over 18%. And um, many of the studies I'm seeing um, on epidemiology, on infection control, are saying you, you want minimum 20%. After the break. Really the movement of the app from the foreground to the background, from it works behind your screensaver, really didn't have much of a difference on whether it's actually logging exposures or not. Two episodes ago, we talked about the 1918 influenza pandemic and heard that communities like Edmonton only had gauze masks and a sense of community to get through the pandemic. They didn't have smartphones that could use things like GPS and Bluetooth to determine whether they had been in close proximity to people with a highly virulent disease. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. How does COVID Alert and AB Trace together work? And where did they first come from? When COVID started spreading first through Asia, governments reacted by quickly developing apps to put on top of the operating system for the function of helping contact tracers with COVID. So at the time, really the only tool available to them for helping with contact tracing is your GPS location. And it was working, but people were uncomfortable about privacy. So then um, in Singapore, they uh, developed a technology that they now have open sourced as Blue Trace. And what Blue Trace does is it says, we're, we're developing an app that will use your Bluetooth radio in your phone to smell other Bluetooth devices in the area that hopefully have an, the Singapore app on them and can say Adam's app and Ziad's app were in close enough contact with each other to uh, be an exposure. So, you know, the, the phones don't take out a tape measure and measure two meters between themselves, but from the strength of the Bluetooth radio, they can tell pretty close. So at the app level, it was the best they could have in March and April. Just as the COVID-19 pandemic spread through Asia, it also spread through Asia. And the UK used the same Bluetooth te Blue Trace technology in their app in, in the UK around March, April as well, based on the app talking to other phones and saying, hey, this is me, who are you? And let's log our Bluetooth signal strength. But like I said, it's very much like me being in a crowded building or mall downtown, and my phone is connecting to everybody else's phone, trying to play my music on their phones and their music on my phones. So it turns up a lot of battery and it can create huge logs. And so part of the problem is trying to manage the logs. So application level is not as stable as OS level. So the Microsoft Office level is not as deeply connected to the hardware as the Windows level. And when you're doing something like using a Bluetooth radio to contact other phones, you need to be close to the hardware. So what happened is we were seeing uh, that this Bluetooth related tracing, this blue trace tracing as Singapore calls it, isn't working because just as applications are sandboxed by the operating system, the operating system natural protection of battery, which is really important, especially in Android, prevents the app from overusing the phone's resources, especially the Bluetooth radio and the battery um, to do this contact tracing. So independently, there were good committed people within Apple and Google saying, you know, we can do this through the operating system. We're already doing Bluetooth signal strength and device pairing already in our operating systems. When we pair to a earbuds or when we pair to our high blood pressure monitor. 
So they started working kind of in skunk works in little internal projects to make this work. And it got quickly up to their management. Remember, we've got this pandemic in March, which is killing people, right? It's overflowing hospitals. So the head of Google and the head of Apple actually met and talked and said, you know, we've got people who are bubbling up this great idea. And wouldn't it be great if we could make it compatible between our phones? We could use the same technology between our phones. So it's not like, well, I use an iPhone, so my life is protected and too bad for you, Android guy. Um, so that um, Apple and Google, who normally are competitors who've sued each other for stealing each other's technology, are cooperating to say, let's, for the sake of humanity, use a common framework for the Bluetooth hardware in our phones to log exposures with each other and have a common log. And that means the log is in the operating system. It means you can go all over the world. Doesn't matter which app you're using um, and it logs there. So if I load an app that's based on the Apple Google, Google joint framework, I can travel anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter which app I'm using. So I have the Canada app, I can have the Belgium app, I can have the Puerto Rico app, travel to all these places. It's one common database in the middle in the operating system that logs it. And most importantly, because it's baked into the operating system, it's efficient with battery use. It's efficient with Bluetooth radio use. COVID Alert uses the Google Apple Exposure Notification System, the one that is baked into the smartphone operating system. AB Trace Together does not. And the difference in results are staggering. Of the more than 280,000 downloads for the Alberta app, about 20 cases have been traced. Of the more than 5.3 million downloads of the federal app, it's sent out more than 5,400 one-time keys, keys that send out notifications to other users. Part of the low reporting of the Alberta app could have been because for the first four months of its launch, it had to be active and in the foreground of your unlocked phone. And after an announced fix was made, another Calgarian went about doing some white hat work. Here I have to give credit to Mathieu Feniak, who is a Calgary-based developer, a very good person, who did some testing after discovering that the Singapore developers on July 3rd admitted that their technology still doesn't work even after this fix, where you think the application is now working in the background. Um, and so he, uh, to his great credit, um, in his own lab, um, in a very disciplined, methodical way, repeated the tests that others have done around the world in March, April, May. And he found that really the movement of the app from the foreground to the background from it works behind your screensaver, really didn't have much of a difference on whether it's actually logging exposures or not. And that's because of these things about battery life protection, overuse of Bluetooth radio, and overuse, overuse of these temporary IDs that are kind of like pairing. Okay, so 18% of, 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 of Canadians who uh, whose, pro, whose provincial governments have signed on to the uh, federal app are, are adopting Correct. it. 6% of Alberta's uh, 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 population is, has adopted that app. With your background as a project manager, what are your metrics as to uh, an effective uh, app uh, like this? And, and if this was in corporate Canada, at what point would mm -hmm. this app be dropped? Would, would either of these app be, apps be dropped? Well, the Alberta app was dropped in August because it was 5%. It wasn't going anywhere. The federal app was already out on July 31st. So on August 9th, August 9th the Alberta app, Alberta government already committed that we're going to end this app 
and we're going to migrate to the federal one. That's part of the reason I've been such a frustrated engineer and why it is I started my thread on November 1st, is the government committed um, on August 9th to move to a federal app. And I don't care. You can use both. You can have both. There's no problem with it. And they haven't. And it's costing lives. So Alberta government on August 9th said our, our target was 20%. We're at 5%. We're not going to reach that. And we're going to have to cut over to the federal app. And I just, you know, give you the map. It's going to take five years to reach 20% at current rates. Mm -hmm. Despite all the promotion that the premier, the health minister, and the CMH are putting into download the app, download the app, it's still not going to get there for five years. So if I'm in corporate Canada, I go, uh, I spent millions of dollars internally and about a million dollars externally on consultants, Deloitte, to develop an app for a custom system that I need. And my metric of success is 20% and it's at five. We've had six months with it. There's free better technology available from the Canadian government since July 31st. They're giving it to us for free. Time to cancel our internal project. You know, just cut our losses, move on. This was only a small snippet of the conversation I had with Fazel. Check out the bonus episode of This Is Why wherever you get podcasts for a much deeper dive into the two apps. And we'll link an interview with Matthew Finiak about his testing of both apps. But before we go, here's Dr. Barry Pakes of the University of Toronto's Dalalana School of Public Health on how useful a smartphone app is in terms of broader contact tracing. I think that um, the app is a useful adjunct and a useful tool, but it is only a useful tool when, you know, everybody is using it. Uh, and my understanding is, particularly in Alberta, um, you know, we, only 20 cases or so have been traced using the app. Uh, and, and it hasn't, you know, it, it hasn't been uh, taken up by large numbers of population. And it's different in different jurisdictions in terms of the political will and the, the overall sort of you know, way the population uh, overall sees the tension between populations and individual liberty. Uh, some parts of the country, there's been a little bit better uptake and it's been used, I know in Ontario, in, in you know, quite a number of contact tracing exercises, but um, you know, it, it only really works when everybody uses it. And, and for a variety of reasons, the way it's been designed with, with privacy and confidentiality as paramount, it is not as useful from a public health perspective. And, and I think that's a, you know, that is a discussion that was had when this was developed and, and um, you know, they probably came down in a good place because that's certainly what people were worried about. But when you don't know where you acquired something or exactly what time frame it was, it, it may not give either you or public health authorities enough information to make the most useful decisions about, you know, um, contact tracing further and telling people to isolate. This Is Why is produced by me, Dave McIver, and Adam Toy. It's a national radio show and a podcast. You can reach us by email, thisiswhy at globalnews.ca and on Twitter at thisiswhy. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to This Is Why so you never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Wash your hands, stay home, and wear a mask. We'll see you soon.